If you want to approach your birth feeling cool, calm and confident, then you are in the right place. Welcome to HypnoWhat. I'm your host Claire, a doula and hypnobirthing teacher from Edinburgh and I'm here to help you look forward to birth. So let's get going. Hello pals, welcome back to the HypnoWhat podcast. I've accidentally had a bit of an extended break from recording episodes for you. Sorry, but I've got a few in the pipeline which I'm going to do my best to get recorded, edited and out to you before Christmas. Over the past few weeks I've begun working with three really lovely families for doula support all with babies due in the first couple of months of next year. So they have been super keen to get the bulk of their birth prep done before the chaos of Christmas. And I've also been working out the dates and changing up a bit the content as well for my group hypnobirthing courses for 2023. So these are held online, means that you don't need to live around Edinburgh to work with me. And my groups are pretty small as well, so I usually have a maximum of six pregnant people and their birth partners if they want to join as well. And we get together for a wee video call on a Wednesday evening. My course is a little bit different from most of the other ones that you'll see out there. So my course runs for six weeks, which is a couple of weeks longer than most courses. I've I've done four-week groups in the past and that model just doesn't really work for me for a few reasons. I... I really like to make sure that we have got plenty of time for questions and discussion. So the extra sessions that I do mean that that absolutely nothing goes unanswered and everyone gets space to chat as much as they want to. And if they want to, you know, if you want to just come along and listen and you don't have to chat if you don't want to. Um, But I also really find that it usually takes two or three sessions for people to properly relax into it. And to really feel comfortable enough to ask questions that maybe have them feeling a little bit vulnerable. So for that reason as well, I think that my clients get a lot more out of me by spending longer with me as we get to know each other a little bit more and they are more likely to open up to me. I'm also now including with my group course a follow-up session on birth plans. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that birth plans are something that I am super passionate about and I really want to focus on helping my clients to absolutely nail these. So that's where this follow-up session is going to come in. You will get an hour's private session with me after the course is finished to go through your specific birth plans so that you can feel totally confident that you are going to be able to navigate whatever your birth brings with ease and as much chill as possible. Now, my group that runs across January and February is already fully booked, but I've now put up the dates for the four crossers that will follow that. Uh, So the next one runs across February and March and that's going to be perfect for any of you expecting babies in either April or May. So I hope I'm going to see some lovely listeners there. If you decide that you want to join me on that course, you can use the code podcast and that will get you £20 off, making your six weeks with me just £175 instead of £195. So there is a link in the show notes and that's going to take you straight to buy or you can just head to birthingparentsclub.com and hit the button for shop. So 
that's where I've been, working with some lovely bumps and getting myself all set for 2023. I hope you've not missed me too much, though it has been really nice to have some of you checking in on me on Insta. So let's get down to business today. We are on episode 14 and today we're focusing on the use of water in labour and birth and the evidence behind it. So I'm going to explore a couple of different ways that you can do this because usually when people think about featuring water in their birth, they only think of a birth pool or giving birth to their baby in water. But actually, water can be super supportive and comforting in the early stages of labour and it doesn't need to be a birth pool. We're going to talk about using showers and baths as well as birth pools. So even if you plan to give birth out of water, you might want to still consider using it as a tool during your labour. And the first thing that I want to chat to you about today is the number one thing that I'm asked about water birth, and that is how does it work? How can it possibly be safe? Because everything in us tells us that babies should not be underwater. How can a newborn be submerged underwater? Usually baby's head will be born with one contraction and then the body will be born with another, meaning that there's a gap where baby's head has been born but their body is still inside your body. How does that work with water birth? How can they be underwater? Well, baby's bodies are actually super clever. So newborns have what is called the dive reflex and this is an amazing survival mechanism and it means that their skin detects whether they are in liquid or air and therefore whether or not it is safe for them to breathe. So when they are partially born underwater, they won't actually attempt to breathe in air their bodies will still be utilising the placenta for oxygenation of the blood. And this is why it's extremely important that if baby's head is born underwater, that it remains underwater until the body has been born. And then baby can be gently, but still quickly, brought to the surface. And babies are actually, you know, when you think about it, they're living in liquid inside of you. So being born in water is actually really gentle way for them to transition into the world. I've actually heard some people describe birth pools as like an extension of the womb when baby is born there. You know, they leave one environment but pass through a similar one on their way to the real world, which is ultimately entirely different from their womb world. And let's have a wee look at what the evidence says. So there was a brilliant piece of research published in July this year by Oxford Brookes University, and it was all about water birth. Now, the most important conclusion from this research for people to be aware of is that it is just as safe for you to give birth in water as it is to give birth out of water. Alongside that, there were other clear benefits of using birth pools. So People who laboured in water reported their experience as less painful and they also had an increased level of satisfaction with their birth experiences than those who did not. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, Rates of postpartum haemorrhage and perineal trauma also lower in those who use water immersion. And this study also showed a reduction in opioid use and epidural use as well as a lower rate of episiotomy for people who laboured in birth pools. And I think this is particularly worth noting as the vast majority of the births studied in this research piece took place in obstetric units. So 
if you think that you would prefer a birth with minimal intervention and less use of pharmaceutical relief, but you know you're going to be laboring in hospital where your risk of these interventions is higher, then using a birth pool should definitely be a tool that you consider using. There was a slight increase in the risk of something called cord evulsion for those labouring in water. So cord evulsion is a fancy way of saying when the umbilical cord snaps. Obviously that doesn't sound good, but as long as action is taken immediately and your midwives would be watching for anything not going well, as long as action is taken immediately to clamp baby's cord, this isn't usually an emergency situation. Although the rate was higher for water births, the overall risk of that happening is still very, very small. So it was 0.4% risk versus a 0.1% risk for land births. And this is where the language used to convey risk is very important. And this is something that I'm going to come back to in another episode. But if I were to say to you that something was four times as likely to happen, you'd think that would be pretty likely to happen to you. But here, although you are around four times more likely to experience cord avulsion in a water birth, there's still a 96% chance that, or a 99.6% chance that it will not happen. Whenever someone presents you with information by saying your risk doubles or something is high risk, Ask them for the actual numbers so that you can base your decision on the actual probability of a situation occurring for you. Um, And I also just wanted to mention a couple of smaller studies on water birth that I found from Iran, which randomly assigned people to either water birth or land birth. And what these studies found was that for people in the water birth group, there was a higher rate of straightforward vaginal birth. They were also fully dilated faster and had a shorter third stage of labour, on average birthing the placenta within six minutes. They also had a lower rate of unplanned cesarean for those in the water birth group. So it was only 5% versus 16%. So The evidence definitely shows us that water birth is beneficial. But why does being in water have such a positive effect? And that's something that I want to kind of discuss with you now. So there are a few reasons for this. A massive pro is that it provides you with relief to just be submerged in warm water. Birth pools usually sit at a little higher than body temperature. And that relief comes with no side effects. Most studies on the use of water showed that it took less than 15 minutes for people to report a marked difference in the sensations that they were feeling once submerged in a birth pool. Water was also shown to not only decrease feelings of physical discomfort, but also feelings of stress or anxiety. Again, another big plus when we're in labour. So, why is it that water has that effect? And it's thought that it's in part because it provides you with a sense of safety and security and a bit of privacy as well. If you're labouring naked or in your underwear, that can feel a little exposing. You can feel quite vulnerable, especially as your medical care team will generally be strangers to you. But being in the water 
helps to mask that. And we know that it's a big pro for oxytocin, which does not like to feel observed. It can also tend to mean that your midwives are a little bit more hands-off if you're in a pool. And that can maybe help to facilitate the physiology of birth as well. Again, I'm going to be repeating myself here, but we don't like to feel observed in labour. And interruptions as well are another thing that oxytocin just does not like. When you're in a birth pool, you want the water to be able to cover your belly when you're sitting up. And this helps to take some of the weight out of your belly, which is part of the reason that it feels so nice. If you have tried swimming in pregnancy, you'll know exactly what I mean. That buoyancy feels so good on tired bones. And if you suffer with um, pelvic girdle pain at all, the organisation Pelvic Partnership, an absolutely brilliant resource if you are suffering with PGP, but Pelvic Partnership recommend that you are supported to have a water birth as this can be far more comfortable for your body. So that's definitely worth looking into as quite often people with PGP will be told that they can't use a pool as it can be difficult to get them in and out of the pool. But if you're going to have that relief being in the pool, then it's maybe worth asking for it. If your facility has baths, you could think about using those as well. In a sideline position is a really good way to use them for relief during active labour as that helps to keep the pressure off your tailbone. When we put pressure on the tailbone, that can actually hinder baby's descent. So we need the tailbone to be able to move back and out the way, create a bit more space for baby's head to come down into the pelvis. It might be that lying in that position won't be comfortable for you as baby descends down. So it might be something that you prefer to use during the earlier stages. But again, tune into your body, listen to what it's telling you. Labour is such a dance between you and baby and it is totally normal for positions that felt comfortable for you in early labour to all of a sudden feel completely uncomfortable as baby moves down and into your pelvis. I actually read another really amazing study when I was doing a bit of research for this podcast and it's a study that compares 3,000 water births with 3,000 land births and what the researchers did was they asked people both during and after their labour what they would rate the level of pain that they felt. Cannot imagine having that conversation during labour but anyway this is what those this is what these researchers did and what they found was that there were no significant differences of the findings that they the conversations that they had with people labouring during labour but what they did find was with the water birth group when they were interviewed postnatally they all recalled their pain as significantly lower than what they had rated as as when they were asked during labour so what that study concluded was that the water immersion seemed to kind of alter birthing people's perception of the experience so that when they recalled the experience it was almost like an altered memory that they had with more positive memories stored and less painful ones. And that conclusion led them to make this suggestion that being in a pool or bath might make it easier to enter labour land. And you've probably heard me talk about labour land before. So it's a, a state of mind fueled by endorphins mostly 
where you're just less aware of your surroundings. You can really focus your energy inward, your sense of time's distorted. And this is something that I actually see quite a lot with my clients, that they find listening to their hypnobirthing tracks in the bath makes it far easier to switch off and zone out, both in pregnancy and in early labour at home. So this is a tool that I definitely encourage all of you to think about using, particularly if you go into labour during the night and are looking for a way to support yourself without waking your birth partner and have them with you through the night. Yes, I, oh I can hear the outrage already, (laughs) I absolutely think that you should wake your birth partner if you need them to support you, but I am also a big advocate of letting them sleep if you are happy and able to support yourself alone. And the reason for this is that you really want your birth partner to be fully rested and on their A-game when you need them in labour. So yeah, if you think you can cope by yourself, I think taking taking yourself off into the bath can be great because A, the warm water feels nice, like we've said before. B, the bathroom is a place that we generally associate with privacy, obviously, unless you've got toddlers. I can't remember the last time I used a bathroom on my own when my little girl's at home, but um, yeah, we usually associate the bathroom with privacy. And C, bathrooms are also generally smaller rooms than the other rooms in your home. So they can feel safer to that more primal part of our brain that's looking for a retreat. Think about other other mammals. That's what they do in labour. They retreat to small, dark spaces for privacy, to be unobserved, to avoid interruption and to prepare for birthing their babies. We are mammals too. I want you to remember that. Um, and just a final thing to say about using using water as a tool during labour. It can be a brilliant way to help you regulate your temperature during labour. So birth is a workout and those muscles in your uterus are going to be working super hard. So people can quite often, and maternity wards are also warm, people can find that they get very, very hot during labour. So actually taking yourself off for a cool, tepid shower that can feel really lovely, cool what using the shower head to kind of sprinkle cool water on your bump, that can feel really good. If you're finding that you're having a lot of pressure in your back, again, the shower can be really good for that. Getting a warm shower on and di- using the head of the shower to direct the spray onto the lower, onto your lower back, that heat can provide a lot of release without heating the rest of your body. You know, having a hot shower over a hot bump maybe doesn't feel so good. Um, And again, if you're finding that you're enjoying the relief of a warm bath, maybe in your back, in your hips, just the water taking a bit of the weight of baby, but you're getting a bit hot in the bath, having your bump up out of the water and having a cool flannel over the top of it, that can again feel so lovely. One of the things that I do with my doula clients is I'll take um, damp flannels with that I've got essential oil in them to labours, keep those in the fridge and they can feel so lovely and the scent can be really relaxing as well. Um, So yeah, that's a top tip for your birth bag or just to have in your arsenal of tools at home some cool damp flannels with essential oil in the fridge. They can be really lovely. Wow, 
I hope that this episode has answered some of your questions on water birth and helped you see some of the evidence why it's so beneficial. If you do still have any questions, you can always drop me a line. I'm always up for a chat. So DM me on Instagram at Birthing Parents Club or you can email Claire at birthingparentsclub.com. I'm planning to do another Q&A as my last episode before Christmas. So actually, you can fire over any birth bump or baby questions that you have, fire them over and I will pop them on the list for my Q&A. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Thanks for tuning back in. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me, but have a lovely week and you will be hearing from me again on Friday. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the HypnoFwap podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and you can find out more about what I'm up to by heading to birthingparentsclub.com. See you next time. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.